Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce today's special guest. I'm happy to announce that I'm now working on my next book. The title will be Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again for Men. I've discovered 14 root causes of fatigue. I like to call them the fatigue factors. And in this book, I'll explain eight of the 14 and how they specifically relate to men. And of course, I'll include my own personal fatigue story, along with four or five other stories from real fatigue cases from my private practice. This book should be ready later this year, so just keep your eyes out for it. That's it for our housekeeping, so let's get started. I'm very excited about today's show because my special guest is someone that I greatly admire. His name is Dr. David Perlmutter. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Dr. Perlmutter is an amazing doctor and a pioneer in his field. He's a board-certified neurologist and a fellow of the American College of Nutrition. In case you haven't heard of him, he has authored so many books, including Grain Brain, The Surprising Truth About Wheat, Carbs, and Sugar, Your Brain Silent Killers, which is an amazing book if you haven't read it yet. I highly recommend you go get it. And of course, his latest book, is a New York Times bestseller called Brain Maker, The Power of Gut Microbes to Heal and Protect Your Brain for Life. Dr. Perlmutter is recognized internationally as a leader in the field of how nutrition influences neurological disorders like Alzheimer's and dementia, depression, even ADHD. Dr. Perlmutter Thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. I am over the top delighted to be here, Carrie. Thank you. You know, Dr. Perlmutter, I get asked so many questions in my private practice at Functional Medicine Ontario about brain health. And you know, with our aging population, so many people, they see their parents aging and they see their brain health decline and they're really scared. You know, they're really scared about their own brain health and they wonder, can I do anything to keep my brain healthy? You know, we kind of grew up in a society where like we were told, well, the brain that you're born with is the brain that you've got. And as those cells get killed off, well, that's just life. Life happens. But we now, we are now knowing so much more. There's so much amazing research coming out about brain health, how to keep our brain healthy and about the how our gut microbes the bacteria that are living inside of us affect our brain too it's really uh it's a great opening and i'll, I'll tell you um 
how empowering it is for me as a neurologist at this stage in my career to recognize finally that we do have some really good answers as it relates to the microbiome in the brain. Finally, when you know I'm in a field that has been uh, looked upon over the years as pretty much being one of diagnose and adios, you know, meaning we were really good at making diagnoses of this and that, you know, very exotic diseases, and we learned all the names of them. But, you know, the reality is uh, in neurology, we've had very little to offer patients for some of our most challenging situations. I mean, as you and I have this conversation, there is no meaningful treatment for autism, Uh, you know, a situation affecting, uh, you know, over 500 thousand Canadians, 5.4 million Americans, and diseases like, um, did I say Alzheimer's, autism as well, and um, these are very challenging disorders, but suddenly the tables have turned. Suddenly we're beginning to understand that things that go on in the gut have a huge role to play in the brain, and specifically as these relate to, as you well mentioned, the gut bacteria. I mean, here is this three-pound organ called the human microbiome that is involved in manufacturing vitamins for the brain, the neurotransmitters, changing the set point of inflammation, affecting immunity. And so we've got to embrace that suddenly this human microbiome, as it's called, this collection of over a hundred trillion bacteria living within each and every one of us is doing more than just simply, you know, stopping in and not paying rent. They're paying rent. They're helping us out and acting as true symbionts, meaning that we're good to them, giving them a nice place to live and feeding them. And they're good to us because they're maintaining our health, our metabolism, our physiology. And, you know, you mentioned uh, in your uh, setup question that. Uh, you know, we, we really don't give much thought to changing the destiny of the brain, but that is where we are now. And, and the, you know, at the time we have this conversation right now, we're finally at a place where we realize that we can change the destiny of our brain, that, you know, our most feared brain conditions are by and large not something we're going to get because mom or dad have it. We may inherit a predisposition but we now know that we can absolutely change our brain's destiny. And what is really empowering for functional medicine practitioners like you is that most of the way to do that is through changing a person's diet. Who knew? Yeah, it really goes back to lifestyle again. So as you were saying that we have roughly three pounds of bacteria living inside of us it's like a whole other organ which makes me wonder if they'll ever rewrite Gray's anatomy and include that in <laughs> well you know what you say is, is actually uh, very interesting because people do consider that this three pound uh, microbiome about the same weight as the human brain is to be considered now as an organ in and of itself I mean it's certainly as influential as, as your liver your kidneys and any other organ and, uh, you know, the good news is that this is for the first time an organ in the body that we have direct control over in terms of how well it works. You know, we know you can get aerobic exercise, that'll be good for your heart and your brain. We know if you do crossword puzzles, that'll help your brain. But man, oh man, we can hugely influence the, the state of health of our gut bacteria and uh, pave the way for better health from top to bottom. We know that when the gut bacteria are in disarray because of our dietary choices, because of overusage of antibiotics, 
because of various medicines like non-steroid anti-inflammatories and even acid-blocking drugs, when we, we're engaged in those lifestyle choices, it changes our bacteria in such a way that we create a microbiome that then will increase our chances of things like diabetes and obesity, inflammatory disorders. We're able to see strong relationships now between changes in the gut bacteria and a chain and uh, for example a- a autism there is almost a a gut bacterial fingerprint if you will that characterizes autism and actually up there in Canada where you are Dr. Derek McFabe uh, University of Western Ontario I believe is doing some incredible research in looking at the relationship between these various changes in gut bacteria, how these changes affect chemicals that come out of the gut and how those chemicals affect the brain. So, you know, when we see that the University of Arizona has just completed recruiting a large number of children with autism to do a a procedure to change out their gut bacteria in hopes of seeing some improvement, that's an exciting time in, in our lives uh, for those of us who are involved in neurological issues. So as you were saying, we have this uh, gut microbiome, the bacteria that live in our gut. It, it's influenced by our stress levels. It's interest, influenced by our diet. It's influenced by antibiotics. You know, I guess a question that I get a lot is, if I need to take antibiotics, what should I do after? And usually what I'll tell patients is, well, we need to put you on probiotics. And I usually recommend about a 30-day dose of probiotics. What do you recommend after antibiotics, Dr. Perlmutter? Well, the first thing I think that is reasonable to consider is take a step back and ask, did you really need it or do you really need it in moving forward? Uh, I think it's quite clear based upon our most well-respected journals that we are dramatically overusing antibiotics in North America. That's been published in the Lancet, been published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, calling upon us as treating physicians to back off, uh, knowing that there really is no uh, upside of treating every cough or sniffle with an antibiotic and significant downsides in terms of creating what we call antibiotic-resistant organisms, uh, which the World Health Organization characterizes being one of the most severe or significant medical issues facing us in the 21st century, but also the changes that are brought on to the gut bacteria, the microbiome, when you take medicine that is specifically designed to kill bacteria. These are, in general, broad-spectrum antibiotics that don't just maybe take care of the strep or the staph that you may have, but pretty well light a, uh, a bomb off, you know, a weapon of mass destruction in the gut in terms of the microbiome. And to be crystal clear, there's a wonderful place and time for antibiotics, but I think all all of us would agree they're certainly being overused. I mean, if you go to a walk-in clinic because you have a cough, if you don't walk out of there with a prescription for this or that, you don't feel like you got your money's worth, you know? And even to this day, people call and say, Doc, I've got a, uh, I have a bad cold and I've got to be at this wedding or whatever, for whatever reason, can you call me in something? And, you know, I say, sure, I'll call you in a prescription that tells you to stay home and rest for a couple of days. But that, you know, clearly people want an antibiotic. So, 
Uh, I have my patients taking probiotics during the time they're on the antibiotic. I know full well that the antibiotic will have an effect on killing off some of the probiotic bacteria, so we try to space them apart and keep patients on higher dosage of a broad-spectrum probiotic uh, for many weeks after the antibiotic exposure. You know, point of fact, most of my patients are actually on probiotics at this, you know, ad infinitum anyway. They're taking them all the time. But it brings up another interesting point, and that is that uh, one of the central tenets of uh, Grain Brain, and uh, actually more so the new book, which is called Brain Maker, and I'm really thrilled that uh, Canada has been so embracing of Brain Maker on the uh the Toronto Globe and Mail. So uh, the central tenet is that we've got to welcome to the table what are called fermented foods, uh, probiotic foods. I mean, people are thinking probiotics, and I think that's great, but foods that are fermented have robust levels of probiotic healthy bacteria. Things like kimchi and the very popular beverage now, kombucha, cultured yogurt, sauerkraut, uh, fermented vegetables, fermented eggs, and the list goes on. These are foods that are teeming with good, healthy, gut-restoring, brain-healthy bacteria. And when you add to those foods, foods that are called prebiotics, that contain what is called prebiotic fiber, uh, these are foods that contain the type of fiber that will allow the gut bacteria to flourish, nurturing the growth of the good ba bacteria. Uh, these are foods like Jicama, which is Mexican yam, um, dandelion greens, garlic, onions, leeks. Uh, these are foods, uh, Jerusalem artichoke, one of my favorite, that have high levels of something called inulin. And inulin has a huge effect in terms of amping up the growth of the bifidobacter, the good bacteria that live in the gut. And at the same time, we know that dietary... Uh, Choices uh, with respect to sugar and carbohydrates uh, can threaten the gut bacteria, threaten this balance of organisms that, again, are playing a role in determining how much inflammation is present in the human body. The reason that is so fundamentally important is because we now fully understand that inflammation is the operative word in such conditions as coronary artery disease, type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's, autism, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, and even cancer. So when we look upon the gut bacteria as playing a pivotal role of inflammation, it's through the lens of these other very challenging and devastating conditions that we have to recognize that these little bugs that live within us are really make it or break it for us in terms of our health. So to really go back and simplify it, basically, if we have too much bad bacteria living inside of us, it creates inflammation in our intestines, and then that causes the intestines to become more leaky, and we call that leaky gut. The scientific term for that is increased gut permeability, and of course then that causes more inflammation in the body. It's like adding fuel to a fire, more inflammation in the body, and then that fuels all of these different degenerative diseases, including Alzheimer's. Yes, that's right. And uh, so, again, Carrie, so, you know, your listeners can get their arms around this. What uh -huh. you and I are saying at this moment is that our most well-respected, peer-reviewed science is finally connecting the gut 
to the brain. And what I'm saying, my opinion is, I, I believe that, you know, the reason we've not been able to cure Alzheimer's, autism, ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease is because we've been focused on the brain, and we now recognize the, the science that is coming out that clearly indicates a relationship between gut permeability, or leaky gut that you mentioned, as possibly being something important in these conditions. We measure a specific chemical uh, called LPS or lipopolysaccharide. We either measure the chemical or, or sometimes laboratories will measure an antibody against the chemical. And both of these measurements are an indication, if elevated, that LPS is higher. And what LPS is, is a chemical that is normally found in the gut. It is actually part of the membrane of various gut bacteria. It's supposed to stay in the gut. If you measure LPS in the bloodstream and it's elevated, it's telling you two important things. Number one, it got out of the gut, so that's leaky gut. And number two, here's what's really uh, very, very important. And that is that LPS is an incredibly powerful instigator of inflammation in the human body. Meaning uh, that, for example, scientists who, who want to study inflammation They'll put some cells in the Petri dish and they'll pour on some LPS. That's how powerful it is because it just turns on inflammation. So when we measure high levels of LPS, it says the gut is leaky and inflammation has been amped up. Now, in BrainMaker, I actually provide the science and have graphs that show dramatic elevation of this LPS marker of gut leakiness and inflammation in Alzheimer's disease autism, ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, and even major depressive disorder. Think about that, that all of these efforts to treat depression by giving people drugs to turn on the production of serotonin in their brains, or at least keep serotonin from being broken down, uh, might be missing the point when we realize that here we now see uh, that markers of gut permeability are elevated in major depression and, you know, as an aside, recognize that that 90% plus of this happy chemical with serotonin isn't manufactured in the brain. It's actually manufactured in the gut. And the way to keep that happening is to keep the gut healthy. So, Dr. Perlmutter, the LPS test is, as you said, it's very vital to see. Do you have little remnants of bacteria I mean, basically floating around in your bloodstream, that, that's a key marker for a leaky gut. Um, for our listeners out there, are there any other tests that you recommend um, so that they can go out and ask their doctor or their naturopath or their chiropractor about, hey, how can we look deeper into my gut health? I can make it even easier than that. I can uh, give your listeners a question that they, sh they don't need to ask their doctor. They can actually ask themselves. And these are questions that are indicative of having a higher risk of having uh, changes in your microbiome and leakiness of the gut. <clears throat> and they include things like, were you born by C-section? Uh -huh. uh, do you take an antibiotic every two to three years? Are you more than 20 pounds overweight? Do you suffer from celiac disease? Are you a type 1 diabetic? Are you a type 2 diabetic? Um, do you... Uh, do you um, suffer from any other autoimmune condition? Are you food sensitive? Are you gluten sensitive? Do you have lupus? Do you have MS? Again, autoimmune conditions. So these are questions that relate to 
the changes that have likely occurred in your gut bacteria. One of the questions on page 17 in BrainMaker is, did you have your tonsils out? I mean, when it gets to the point that you had your tonsils out as a kid, or you had tubes placed in your ear, that quite likely is a time when you've already been pretty well bombarded with antibiotics, and now doctors are reverting to, um, you know, yanking out your tonsils <laughs> for reasons that I think should be questioned, uh -huh. or putting tubes in your ears, uh, because you've been on antibiotics for such a long time. Do you have chronic diarrhea? Do you have irritable bowel syndrome? These are markers, or at least indications, that there may be some significant embarrassment or change to the gut bacteria. And, you know, frankly, uh, your listeners may be surprised that I added type 2 diabetes to that list. And in reality, there are specific gut bacterial changes that you can test for, or at least in a research setting, to that go along with being a type 2 diabetic and having those metabolic changes. There's a researcher in Amsterdam named Dr. Max Newdorp, and he has done so much work in looking at these changes in the gut bacteria and actually has reprogrammed gut bacteria in more than 250 type 2 diabetics by doing a very aggressive technique called fecal microbial transplant. And what does that mean? It means he took the bacteria that's and fecal material from a healthy, lean uh, donor screened it, of course, for any communicable disease, and then transplanted that into the colon of a diabetic and had reversal of so many of the lab markers of diabetes in most of these diabetic patients. Can you imagine treating diabetes by reprogramming the gut bacteria? So I have the opportunity uh, later this year to uh, serve as the um, chairman of a... Uh, a symposium, an international symposium on the microbiome that'll be down in Hollywood, Florida. And he's going to be one of our speakers and will bring us up to date as to uh, his latest research. But what a world it's becoming when we're finally getting this incredible information. A whole new world has opened up to us that we didn't understand before. And it's opening up so much opportunity uh, for treatment potential in such conditions as multiple sclerosis and autism and diabetes and I believe other conditions like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and possibly even ALS. So for the listeners out there that have never heard of fecal microbial transplants, this is a very, very new and emerging part of healthcare where, just as Dr. Perlmutter just said, basically, in very simplistic terms, you take the poop out of a healthy person, make sure that it's healthy, and then you put that into an unhealthy person, and then that unhealthy person becomes healthy again. It's just amazing that, again, the power of uh, our, our microbiome, our, the power of all of the bacteria that should be living inside of us. Dr. Perlmutter, I could just keep picking your brain for like the next five hours on all of this. <laughs> uh, you know what? I never like that expression because uh, whatever I have left, I want to keep picking away at it. Uh, is there, is there like, is there one big tip uh, that you can leave our listeners with? Yeah, maybe it's not one, but maybe it's a couple of ideas. Okay. Number one, um, become empowered. I mean, look 
keep an open mind, look at as much information as you can because I would submit that we've been lulled into this idea that we should just sort of live our lives come what may and then suddenly when we walk into a room and forget why and we can't find the keys, we hope that medical science is going to provide something for us that doesn't exist. Keep an open mind because we're learning so much now about the brain and the gut, for example, that connection. So be your own advocate and do so by becoming as educated as you possibly can. And I think if you're looking for some um, dietary take-home sound bites, I'd say number one, got to get off the carbs, got to get rid of the sugar. Number two, by all means, don't use artificial sweeteners. They are a huge threat to the gut bacteria. One recent study showed that uh, artificial sweeteners are more likely to cause diabetes and obesity than even sugar-sweetened beverages. Number three, welcome fermented foods to the table, kimchi, kombucha, cultured yogurt, etc., that are enriched with uh, good probiotic bacteria along with the prebiotic fiber I talked about earlier. And um, a number of four, I'd say welcome healthy fat back to the table. Fat is absolutely your friend. Do not fear fat. Uh, we were given a, a strange bit of information 20, 30 years ago about fat, but uh, fat is something not to be feared, but it's to be embraced, provided, of course, it's healthy, good fat, not uh, trans fat that we all recognize as being a threat to health. So I know you asked for one, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> you know, when I get asked that question on interviews, I hate it because there's never just one thing that you can recommend. <laughs> so you can break the rules like I do, whatever you want. Oh, Dr. Perlmutter, we're running low on time. So how can our listeners find out more about you? What is your website? Where can they find your books? Um, my books are uh, at every major online retailer. Uh, including well, all the major online retailers, Amazon, uh, Books a Million, uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, and in uh, Canada, uh, it's my books are in Chapter uh, Chapter Indigo, uh -huh. um, and my website is uh, com. That's drperlmutter.com. We post just about every day with a huge uh, science section and lots of videos. You know, one of the things you mentioned was this fecal transplant. I actually have a, a brief video explaining that on our site. Facebook is David Perlmutter, MD, uh -huh. and good resources. So for the listeners out there that are driving in their car or they're on their uh, jog right now, I'll make sure to have those links in the podcast notes so that you can easily find Dr. Perlmutter and his books. Dr. Perlmutter, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has just been an awesome interview. Well, thank you, Carrie. I sure enjoyed it and looking forward to getting up to Canada to Muskoka real soon. <laughs> All right. That wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. David Perlmutter. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. 
Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.